0: to the free agents the new summertime podcast from those basketball guys you like the ogs of itunes the pioneers of the podcast the kings of the memes we did six seasons and a zoo and now you're listening to the free agents thank you for listening right now if you want to follow (laughs) us on twitter or instagram that's the free agents 19 if you want to email us for any details that's the free agents 2019 at gmail.com We're getting that out of the way first because it's another emergency podcast. Joining me across the table, I haven't seen him since June 14th. The international man of mystery has been to every single country (laughs) in Europe as far as I'm concerned. Looking tanned and well-rested. Lee Ellis.
1: Hey, Trey. Great to see you. JD, too. Thanks for having us here in your basement. Last time I spoke to you, it was uh, from Oviedo in northern Spain. uh, It's great to be here in person.
2: You were hiding in a
0: stranger's closet. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I was. was, I'm curious who you got to take that picture We'll get to that later, but also, (laughs) Lee, spoiler alert, also joining us in the basement. It's his basement, the man that makes the magic happen, JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. It's me, it's Lee, it's JD. We're in the basement, also joined by Lee's son, Oscar, on his lap, and his other son, Sebastian, building with some Legos. You might hear him a little bit. Maybe they got some hot takes on this big time trade. We're also going to check in with Skeets and Tass. Skeets down in Florida. Tass up in Ontario. No vacations are safe. It's all emergency podcasts from here on out. That's the only way to do it. Sound the air horns. Well, I I was just like, I was trying to set you up, Lee, to say, wow, this has been a really exciting summer, but you can tell we've been apart from each other for a month. The chemistry is not there. It makes you wonder, is it going to work for Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul? We've taken a month off from seeing each other. These guys haven't played together in seven years. How in the world could this work? Nonetheless, I want to know your first impressions when you heard the news of the trade last night. Russell Westbrook. Going to the Rockets, they'd get, they're they getting him and his contract four years, $170 million. The Thunder get Chris Paul, his contract of $120 million for three years. Thunder also get first round picks from the Rockets in 2024 and 26, plus pick swaps in 2021 and 2025. It's a big haul for the Thunder, but the Rockets get Russell Westbrook. What do you think, Lee? Yeah, my first thought
1: was sort of shock. Uh, I know that since Westbrook has kind of spoken to Sam in the ownership there in Oklahoma City, since the Paul George trade went down, that he was going to move on. It happened probably a little bit quicker than I thought. I thought it might have taken a few more weeks. But my initial reaction was, uh, this is pretty interesting because the Rockets denied there was any tension between Chris Paul and James Harden, but clearly... There was, and I think that Daryl Morey really didn't have a lot of options to move on from Chris Ball because of that mammoth contract, and clearly he's been in decline last season. He's not the same player he was, so it was going to be hard for him to move on. Instead, he gets Russell Westbrook, who is a former teammate of James Harden's back in the day in Oklahoma City when... Things worked well together with those guys. That that team was successful as far as they got to the NBA Finals when they were a young team. And back then, I think a lot of us thought, well, this team's going to be competing for years to come. Then James Harden got traded to the Rockets and, and, and everything changed. But now it's going to be very interesting to see how Westbrook and James Harden fit with each other. Those two guys both love the ball in their hands and they both like to be the one who can take over and dominate a game when it calls for it. We saw last season Russell Westbrook kind of did give up some of that uh, authority if you like to Paul George and the Oklahoma City Thunder but ultimately it didn't make much difference come playoff time they were just like they had been the last two seasons Mm -hmm. without Kevin Durant not very successful so now Westbrook goes to a situation where he is the second fiddle to James Harden James Harden's not conceding the number one spot there in Houston to him so Russell Westbrook is going to have to adjust his game can he do that he can't, he's not a shooter. He's not a sort of guy who can play off the ball and be a spot-up shooter. James Harden probably could, but that would mean Russell Westbrook gets a ball in his hand there. So there's a lot of uh, uh, issues there, I guess, Mike D'Antoni has to figure out. If they can work together, though, then there's no reason why the Rockets can't be, you know, in that hunt, in that top four in the Western Conference, and then, uh, you know, perhaps things could be different in the playoffs. But where I sit today in JD's basement, um, I'm not sure they're significantly better with Russell Westbrook than they were with Chris Paul, simply because, again, Westbrook we've seen sometimes in the playoff, he gets in his own way a little too much.
0: As opposed to Chris Paul, the notorious playoff-thriving guy (laughs) who (laughs) never messes up come playoff time. That was the thing to me. It's going to, first of all, be weird to see a Thunder team at all that doesn't have Russell Westbrook. That has never happened. He was, I don't know if you want to say the last lottery pick of the Sonics or the first of the Thunder. It's in that summer where they were changing, uh, they were moving locations. They haven't had a team that has not had Russell Westbrook. That was crazy to me. I I felt the same way sort of when the Clippers traded Blake Griffin a couple of years ago. As we saw that paid off in the long term. That's clearly what the Thunder are going to be hoping for. And then you're right, the Rockets the question so much is about the fit. I think that uh Russell Westbrook, no doubt, is an upgrade on Chris Paul. He's a little bit younger. They both have these massive contracts, but it's kind of a wash because you're getting the younger guy. I know Westbrook has had a ton of surgeries. I know that he's going to be coming off a of surgery, and I know that the fit isn't great because you, you put Westbrook onto the Rockets, and all you're thinking is – does this mean he's taking more threes? Does this mean uh, James Harden is going to have to play off the ball in order to have Westbrook thrive? All of those things are probably true. I do think, though, that the talent upgrade from Chris Paul to Westbrook in this uh, this stage of their career, I think it's going to be worth it for the Rockets. The problem is going to be guys figuring out how to work together because uh, in James Harden, in Westbrook, and even in Mike D'Antoni, these are guys who sort of can be stuck in their ways, I would think. Uh, it's not dissimilar to me that, to uh, when Allen Iverson was traded to the Nuggets, and he had to figure out how to play with Carmelo Anthony and also uh, under George Carl. These are all guys who like to do things their way. Are they going to be willing to change their uh, change their stripes? Tigers changing their stripes, I believe is the, the saying. Are they going to be able to do that for the betterment of the team? You would hope so. Maybe you're right. Maybe Westbrook going to uh, a new franchise where he is not the end-all, be-all of the franchise means he will be able to settle into a little bit more of a complementary role. That definitely happened with Chris Paul uh, when he came from uh, L.A. to Houston. And I I was a big believer in that move as well. I think that the two ball-dominant guys can work as long as they want to make it work, as long as they have that relationship. We know that Westbrook and James Harden are close. They played together on an Olympic team, even with Mike D'Antoni as their coach. Certainly, they wanted to get together. That, to me... Gives me a little bit of optimism for the Rockets that they'll be able to work things out. The fit isn't going to be as good as with Chris Paul, no doubt about it. But the talent is better. The the uh, I mean, Chris Paul's sort of an angry guy, but Russell Westbrook is an even angrier guy. <laughs> Perhaps that's a, a perfect match for James Harden.
1: Well, I think if you look at Westbrook's situation, too, the Thunder weren't close to contending. If they were, then I don't think Sam Presti even makes that Paul George trade. But I think he looked and he goes, you know what? We're not where we need to be. George wants out, great, I'll cash in now. And then he cashes in again on Russell Westbrook. So clearly the Thunder are looking for the future in the next three or four years. But Russell Westbrook probably looks at what the Lakers and the Clippers have done and the Brooklyn Nets, and he's like, all right, well, I've got to get in on that as well. And again, there wasn't a lot of options for him. Maybe Miami, you know, the Knicks were talked about, but clearly if he went to the Knicks, they weren't going to be ready to compete. So this was really his only option. So he may, you know... James Harden, when he went from OKC to Houston and Mike uh, and uh, Daryl Morey gave him that huge contract, it was like, is this guy really a number one option on the team? We didn't know. And he went there and he became MVP, a runner-up three times. So he clearly was that guy. But if you're now getting a guy like Russell Westbrook 11 seasons into his career and say, OK, we need you to change the way that you've played your entire career. That's so much harder for a guy to be able to do. And that's what he's going to be asked to do, really. Because, again, in, in OKC... James Harden was clearly behind Russell Westbrook in the food chain. Mm-hmm. That's not the case right now. And and James Harden, we've seen now, things didn't work with Dwight Howard. He didn't like playing with him, who's a centre. Things didn't really work out with Chris Paul. He didn't like playing with him. He's a point <laughs> guard. So does James Harden really not want that other superstar around him? Or is he someone who just hasn't found the right complementary piece to him next? I mean, that, that might be the answer we find out with, with Westbrook there, that perhaps... There is only one type of guy that James Harden likes to play with. And maybe it's a guy who's similar to himself. Who who knows? Because if you're D'Antoni, those two are obviously going to be on the starting five. But maybe then that second, third and fourth quarter is when you try to stagger them. to to be like, all right, you go and get yours, and then the other guy goes and gets his because that might be the only way it works. And listen, if you're Mike D'Antoni, he's in a bit of a weird situation himself. Mm. Uh, He he tried to get an extension from the Rockets. That fell through. So he's kind of in lame duck status himself. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's another coach in Houston at some point this season, particularly
0: if things get off to a rough start. Well, no doubt the Houston Rockets in general could look completely different in three years from now. Uh, Dan Tony, like you're saying, was a little bit on the hot seat this summer. The extension talk, we saw the the press conferences with Tillman Fertitta and Daryl Morey where nobody was looking like they really wanted to be there. Morey obviously is making an all-in move here to try and win now. All you need, it seems like, uh, in the Western Conference is a duo. You don't need the third guy. There's not a team that has three superstars. So this definitely, I think, keeps the Rockets in contention. Uh, because they still have two MVP level players. Uh, the question, you're right, Lee. The good question is, who's going to be the one to change? Because to me, th- the perfect setup for this would be that Harden would go off ball. He's a better off ball shooter. He, you know, he will draw more eyes from the perimeter, which will open things up for Westbrook. Westbrook will have more space inside than he's had since Kevin Durant was in town. And even then, the Ro- the Thunder teams that. Durant and Westbrook had, they were always looking for more shooting. It was always guys like Derek Fisher when he was a thousand years old, Karan Butler after he had given up chewing on straws. They would take a shot at anybody hoping to get the space that the Rockets are already going to have built in. To me, the spread pick and roll, Capella, Westbrook, you got three shooters outside. That makes sense. But James Harden has had the ball for 47 out of 48 minutes every single game for the Rockets. Is he going to be okay with uh relaxing on the outside? Yes, he will. The man <laughs> likes to relax when he gets a chance. Yeah. Uh but also, will he be uh, integrated into the offense? Will he be cutting? Will he be trying to get open or will it just be your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn? That doesn't sound great, but you're like you're saying Westbrook against second units is exciting. I, I'm sure Dan Tony will stagger minutes the way he did with Chris Paul when he was there. And Chris Paul did all right against second units. He was good. Uh, he, clearly, he took a step back this past season, but... The advantages are still there, and the advantages for Westbrook now going against second unit guys is going to be crazy. He's going to give the Rockets uh, a lot more transition points, I would think. You know, He's not necessarily the most efficient transition player, but that gives the Rockets a different look than what they're used to. A guy who can just take the ball off the glass, zoom up the court, and get a lap. I think that's beneficial, and like you're saying, playing against second units is going to be huge. Do you think that the Rockets are going to be better this season with Russell Westbrook? as compared to they were with uh, with Chris Paul cuz to me I, I think they will be better just because of the talent bump. I don't I don't necessarily know that they'll be better in the playoffs, but during the regular season I can see it succeeding. Well, you know one
1: thing you guarantee with Russell Westbrook is he's going to come in motivated, he's going to give you 150% every single night. He doesn't take possessions off. You love his work ethic, you love his 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 will to win and his desire But he has to realise that he has to know how to change gears. And that's not just go 100 miles an hour every time. He has to figure out a way. Because against the Blazers in that first round, Portland basically said, shoot it whenever you want. Shoot it. We'll give you all these shots. Mm -hmm. And Westbrook got sucked into that, took him. And it was a bad series again for the Thunder. So he has to figure out a way to use his strength. And his strengths are going insides, getting around the rim, scoring around the rim. He used to be able to get to the free throw line a lot. He doesn't do that as much anymore. And his free throw shooting was awful last season. So I think there are ways for him to be effective and to score points and to be efficient but he has to play to his strengths and not get caught up in the sort of little battle within the game that he like. You know, he does get involved Definitely. sometimes. He likes, to, he likes to win a meaningless battle against an opponent uh, rather than look at the big picture. I think it can work with him and, say, Clint Capella. You know, Capella's a sure. good uh, rim runner. He can go in there and it, it, throw him his little lob, so I think that could be effective. But uh, ultimately, it's down to Westbrook and Harden both looking each other in the eye and saying, neither of us have really had playoff success. Uh, as you know, as the main guy on our team, if this is going to work, then we have to both give a little here, and and that that does mean James Harden at times is just going to be a spot up shooter, but also it means that Westbrook can't get himself too upset if Harden's going into his ISOs and doing his one-on-ones and all that step back because that's what Harden does. Mm -hmm. And I just can't see Harden going, yeah,
0: I'm fine not doing this whenever I want. You know what I mean? That's the question for me because there was, remember there was that clip at the All-Star game where Steph Curry was chatting up, uh, I think Mike Budenholzer and he was saying how Harden wishes he didn't, he could play a little bit more of a beautiful game. He didn't have to do everything. And that's kind of you can understand that from James Harden that he wouldn't want to have to be the guy that creates every single shot for both himself and for everybody else on the court. But handing that over is a different, 100%. a completely different beast. Yeah. I, I do think that maybe, maybe the friendship really matters. Maybe the the fact that these guys, according to Michael Lee, these guys started playing together at a boys and girls club yeah. in, in LA a million years ago. I mean, I guess not a million years ago. These guys are actually very young <laughs> compared to us. Uh, but, Everyone's young. Yeah, man, 20 I years think. ago, at least. Um, <laughs> But the fact that they actually respect each other, that they uh, that like you're saying, Westbrook is hopefully going to understand that he's not the the lead dog here. I do think that maybe Harden will will turn turn over a new leaf and, and kind of <laughs> and let Westbrook take the reins. But Good, I, I don't know. You can't, the guy loved winning the MVP. The guy loved getting yes. close to winning the MVP and controlling every single possession. It started out we were like, oh, man, you're going to move James Harden to point guard. How's he going to do this? And then he was like a super Steve Nash. He's an incredible player. Do you want to give that up? Maybe you do. Maybe you have enough playoff failures that you're like, something's got to change. Clearly something changed with Westbrook. Hopefully he can change uh, his mindset as well.
1: This could blow up though in their faces as well. This could easily go south very quickly that it just doesn't work at all. And the Ruckers just find themselves in a, in a bit of a mess here, uh, you know, because if they if those two guys aren't able to adjust and figure things out, then the Rockets they, they could be struggling to even mm. make the playoffs, you know? I mean, things could get that bad I, I don't think it will you know you mentioned earlier it's clearly a talent upgrade at this stage of the career of Westbrook and Chris Paul but we just know things don't always work out and uh, and, and as I mentioned earlier James Harden to me has shown that he's very he, he talks a good game about sharing the spotlight and wanting another superstar but Dwight and Chris Paul both of them Hall of Famers, mm-hmm. and hasn't worked really with James Harden. He's kind of not gotten along with either of them. So, you know, um, Westbrook is a fairly safe bet in that in that respect for Daryl Morey. But uh, until they play together, the the big question is how much is James Harden prepared to actually concede? Uh, you know, the the ball use because I think I, I, I may be not one hundred percent right on this, but last year both of those guys had uh, the highest and second highest usage. Mm-hmm. In the NBA. Yeah. so um,
0: They're like record-setting usage yes. guys. So yeah. uh, clearly that's going to be uh, weird. And it's going to be yeah. strange to figure it out. It's definitely going to feel at times like Wade and LeBron, that first year in Miami, your turn, my right. turn. Maybe yeah. by the end of the season, maybe they're able to, to work something out where they're both involved uh, in every possession. The defensive end of the court, I don't even really understand how that's going to (laughs) work. Neither of those guys is super interested in guarding anybody unless they're in a a heated one-on-one battle. So I don't know. Maybe they will do a good job of convincing the other teams to just be in one-on-one battles the entire time. I will say this, though. I think the Rockets are more likable now. I know that uh, Chris Paul's a polarizing guy. Westbrook is a polarizing guy. Harden's a polarizing guy. But I think uh, putting Harden and Westbrook together, those two, like wild personalities like Harden is going to play his own game, a game that a lot of people hate. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's just going to beat you one-on-one and then he's either going to try and shoot or he's just going to throw his arms into you. A lot of people hate it, but uh, people will like, I think Westbrook uh, joining him and PJ Tucker for the arrivals. You got three of the craziest dressed guys in the league, three of the most fashionable dudes uh, and they're all, and between Westbrook and Harden, the reuniting of them from their OKC days, now they're in Houston, playing together, trying to win a championship. It seems like they're at least going to be in the mix. Uh, I think they're a more likable team now than with Chris Paul.
1: Yeah, Chris Paul uh, is not a likable guy to watch, which is which is sad to say because he's a great player and he's a Hall of Fame lock. But he does bring with him that, that, that look on his face and that attitude that he's always either flopping or embellishing or doing something wrong. It's just, it is hard to like Kim and James Harden did the same thing in the last couple of years with Houston. They, they weren't a fun team to watch like that. So uh, I, I hope they are, I hope they sort of prove us wrong and it's like this magical chemistry that just works and clicks and they're almost unstoppable they they could I can see scores in their games being 150 to 145 sure. you know because uh, as you mentioned defensively you'll be able to get pretty much whatever you want uh, against the Rockets so Clint Capella
0: might win defensive player of the year <laughs> yeah. just because he's got to guard the most shots yeah,
1: yeah. but um, uh, I, I, you know look Daryl Morey the Rockets weren't they weren't getting closer to winning the championship. The Chris Paul fit clearly wasn't there. Uh, you know, he wasn't either liked in the locker room or he and James Harden didn't get along. So for Daryl Moore, it was like, well, I may as well try this. Why not? You know, it, uh, we, we're not getting anywhere here with Chris Paul. And and if you're Sam Presti uh, and the Thunder, I think, and, and it sounds as though Chris Paul won't ever actually play for the Thunder. They're going to hmm. move on from him. I think for Sam Presti, this was, uh, things worked out pretty well for him because, I believe after last season, he didn't say it in the press conference. He was very, very classy. But I think he probably looked at Westbrook and thought... I don't think this is going to work, but he also didn't want to oh, be... Oh, come on.
0: I, no, I, 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 According I, I, to Royce Young, uh, the Thunder viewed this season, nineteen twenty as their last best chance to win a championship. If they stayed put, if it was just Paul George and Russell Westbrook with uh, all functioning joints, you know. <laughs> Paul George has had yeah. his double shoulder surgery. Westbrook has had his knee surgery. Hopefully those guys are healthy. This is a duos league right now. They have two a guy who won an MVP a couple of seasons ago. Paul George was top five this year. Those are both Quality players, they would have a little bit of continuity on uh, on their opponents. They, the Thunder would have been in the mix. They would have been in the mix for at least the conference finals. Who knows what happens then? As mm. we saw this year, guys get hurt at inopportune times. Maybe you see the Thunder back in the finals if they were able to stay put. Paul George, however, easily convinced by Kawhi Leonard. It seems.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I, I just mean that like uh, you know Westbrook would be a frustrating guy to have because he wasn't able to really get out of his own way these last couple of years in the playoffs. I mean, you know, against the Blazers, Nick DePaula was the only guy who picked them. And they right. had, they were even though the Blazers had home court advantage, we all thought they were going to beat Portland because they swept them during the regular season. Last season against the Jazz, they had home court. They lost in six games, but it was lucky to not lose in five games. So, you know, I, I just feel that like this gave Presti a chance to move on from Westbrook without him having to force him out or to, to say, you know what, I'm going to trade this guy and, and try to do something else here. Because after Kevin Durant left... The Thunder couldn't trade Westbrook unless there was uh, a circumstances like this where it's like, all right, we're going to hit the reset button and we're going to try to move you to a team where you might get have a better chance of winning. So uh, that,
0: that's, that's what I think about it. But um, Yeah, I think Paul George trade definitely gives uh, Presty cover to yeah. move Westbrook because like you're saying, he's not going to go through the post-Rant season again where he just takes every single shot and you know, he's no. already averaged a triple-double for the past three seasons. What can he do more than that? I yeah. understand that. Uh, But to me, you know, I'm an avowed Paul George hater. So I'm going to (laughs) make Paul George the victim here. He was in Indiana. He kept sending these signals. I want to sign with the Lakers. I want to sign with the Lakers. They trade him to the Thunder. He says, man, if they wouldn't have traded me to the Thunder, I would have signed with the Lakers. He gets the chance. He signs with the Thunder. They lose. Unfinished business. I'm coming back. They lose again. And then he's ready to come back until Kawhi Leonard calls him and says, hey, you come play with me. Paul George says, All right, I guess my unfinished business was I need to come back and win one less playoff game. So now he has thrown the Thunder a team that was going to be gunning for a championship, a team that that Royce Young sources say thought they could win the championship this year. Now they are in complete rebuild mode for the mm. first time since they've had a franchise in Oklahoma City, all because Paul George couldn't have just signed with the Lakers two summers ago.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good point. And, uh, and the fact that that happened so quickly that according to that Woj article, it was basically the Thursday night Paul George went to Sam Presti and said, I want to go to the Clippers. And Sam Presti realized at that point, like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to see what I can get out of this. And he got a great haul in return for him. But there's a lot of pressure now. Well, he
0: did. He sort of got a great haul. According well, to Reddit, he got the ability to draft six high schoolers and two middle schoolers. <laughs> right, Are they going to okay. be good? He, the last well, time the Thunder had a bunch of draft picks in the top five, they did a great job. It built their team for a decade. And we're seeing it come to an end now.
1: But, but, but they, you got to nail him. No, yeah, you, you're right. And they also got Shy Gilgis-Alexander in that deal, and Gallinari. And Gallinari's at the end of his career. But uh, Gilgis-Alexander's a good young prospect sure, there. Sure, I sure. think he's good. But, I mean, Sam Presti, the pressure is on him, obviously, to deliver. He's in that sort of situation Danny Ainge has been in where you've got all these picks and, okay, turn them into something. Now, he's Danny Ainge has done a good job. The question for Sam Presti is he obviously doesn't have to use them all as draft picks. He can maybe use these in other deals to try to get uh, you know whatever, whatever he wants Trade to Chris do Paul. but yeah, exactly. I mean, he he's, he could get another first round pick in return for him. I, I mean, possibly it depends on, on who's prepared to give up whatever they have to get
0: him. But I mean, the Rockets just gave up four first round picks. So you know, yeah. I don't know. Maybe you say two first round picks and another Plus half for each of the yeah. swaps. So maybe yeah. it t- counts as three, but they just had to attach a bunch of picks to move Chris Paul for a guy and Russell Westbrook who was already on the trading block, yeah, who yeah. we knew wanted to go to one of two places. Yeah. Uh. So I do think that maybe those picks will be used uh, to move Chris Paul. You You think he's gone? You think for sure oh, he won't play a game on the Thunder uniform? I
1: mean, I don't see why he would want to stay there when they're in you know rebuild mode. Yeah, it's sure. not As Chris Paul at this stage of his career wants to be contending. Um.
0: It's you been, think Miami's the place then? That's uh, getting well, the
1: most buzz. That's getting the most buzz because I don't really see which other team has. The ability to trade for him, given how big his contract is, Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got to give up. I think it's around forty plus million uh, at least for for next season to make that deal happen. And you know, the Knicks, uh, excuse me, the Nets, the Lakers, and the Clippers have already kind of made their moves. They don't have assets to be able to trade for him. So if my, I I don't really know what Miami has asset wise either. You know, they traded Hassan Whiteside, so they've Mm -hmm. they've kind of lost their big uh, bargaining chip there. But uh, Chris Paul, yeah, he he wants to be in a situation on any team that will at least put him in the position to be competing for a championship but his career is uh is, is kind of funny because all of a sudden, Chris Paul. Anyone can have him if they want him. Yeah, you know, and he's he's a, he's a great player, but he he does now have a reputation and he has some baggage, and that's going to be hard for him to shake at this stage of his career. So, uh, I, I think I think uh, Presty will try to move him to a situation that is favorable. But a, a, again, where is that? I mean, let's look at the contending teams. Milwaukee, no, he's not going there. Mm. The Raptors. No, I don't see him. I don't see Masai Ujiri. Like Kyle Lowry. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know,
0: for a season sure. at least. Sure, maybe. Um, Doesn't but, seem though like the kind of guy that Messiah takes a chance on. No, like Thirty-four exactly. years old. He's got another three years. Exactly. That's of the, huge money left yeah, on his contract. Yeah, that's the thing. You're
1: taking on 120 million of Chris Paul, which is, um, which is you know not really what you uh, what you want to take. You know when you're when you're the Raptors. I mean, Masai Ujiri reportedly turned down the opportunity to get Westbrook and Paul George uh, from the Thunder, although we're not sure how serious that was. Maybe it was just something that the Thunder were using as leverage against the Clippers. But uh, yeah, Chris Paul, it's it, it's funny. I mean, you know, he, he's, he's been a, a great, great player on the court, but he's kind of now found himself in a situation where it's like, yeah, no, you know, I'm not sure not sure what he can really add to a team at this stage of his career now. He's, he's 34, he's got injuries, he's got a huge contract, and he's just a player who tends to fight with his own teammates a lot so uh, you know maybe the Knicks maybe the Knicks will say you know what sure why not why not we need this is someone. a name people know exactly exactly he's an all-star they can they can bill him
0: as the all-star player and uh, you know
1: he's. he's, he's good. I feel like he
0: was rumored to go there a million years ago yeah. too back when Carmelo Anthony was making his way to the Knicks yeah uh, last question before we call these yeah. other guys do you think now that the Rockets are one of the top contenders in the league do you think they're a championship contender Um. Well, I would say the Clippers uh, and the Lakers, uh, They're,
1: they're I, I put them in the same bracket as the Blazers. Behind Maybe, the Clippers and the Lakers, though? Yes, yes, I would. Um, just, just because of what we've seen these last couple of years, come playoff time, as a James Harden-led team, they haven't, they've had two great opportunities to beat the Warriors, and they couldn't do it. Will things change? I mean, the Warriors won't be as good next season. They'll be, right, uh, for sure. you know, they'll be. They'll probably still. be – I expect them still to be a playoff team, um, but of course, it, it largely depends on when Clay Thompson comes back. But you still got Steph and Draymond, um, so I expect them still to be good. But I, I would say they're in that category with the Blazers, where it's like maybe if everything goes their way, if things break their sure. way, they could they could do it. But if they have to play teams, these other teams, you know, and everyone's healthy and and that. I don't see them coming out of the West, no.
0: Yeah, to me, I think the Clippers and the Lakers are probably still the top tier. Uh, I don't know that the standings at the end of the regular season are going to be indicative of all of where the best teams are, because there's a lot of guys who uh, are load managing kind of guys. There are a lot of guys who, you know, get banged up and will miss 15 or 20 games during the regular season, be okay come playoff time. To me, though, Clippers and Lakers probably still top of the pops. Clippers, I would say, number one because of their their depth uh, past their big two guys. That being said, we haven't seen them play together at all. At least we've seen all of the Rockets play together, and we have also seen James Harden and Russell Westbrook play together. I know it's not the same thing, but at least they have familiarity in in both aspects. The Lakers, who knows? The Lakers, I just am really trusting LeBron and Anthony Davis to be really, really good. And then you look at, once it comes down to matchups, like... Who's going to guard Anthony Davis for yeah. these two teams in the Rockets and the Clippers? It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, it's going to be an exciting season. Things are go- changing like crazy. I yeah. feel like we're going to have to have another emergency podcast in not <laughs> yeah. too long. If Chris Paul is traded, uh, yeah. to me, that's not emergency podcast. No. I don't think uh, 2019 Chris Paul getting traded is the reason we're here.
1: No, no, I, I agree. Uh, the, the the trade here is obviously Westbrook moving from the Thunder. So Chris Paul, wherever you goes, I mean, I think he probably wants to stay in the Eastern Conference or go to the Eastern Conference. I- I- I think, A little easier. Yeah, I-, I think so. I think I've got the Bucks as the favorite in the East and then probably the Sixers. And then after that, it- it's kind of... Over. Maybe the Pacers, sure. third best team, who knows? Uh, and then the Raptors. So if Chris Paul can somehow find his way to... But I mean, where? Like, where, where can you see it going? You know, it's
0: very tough. It's very, very tough right now. Um, yeah, but you wouldn't have guessed Paul George is getting traded to the Clippers no, or Russell Westbrook no. to the Rockets,
1: you know, no, five no, days no. ago. No, I mean, you mentioned the Lakers there. I am really interested to see how that all comes together because LeBron's 34. He's going to be 35 in December. Coming off his worst year as in as terms of injury. Uh, and when he came back, the Lakers were still very much in the playoff hunt. And LeBron... Just didn't really look all that interested. Um, now, things are going to have to change for him a little bit. And, and DeMarcus Cousins, another one, who we didn't get to see his best because he was kind of out of shape all season long. Right. Wasn't able to get into full game shape. Then he injures his uh, thigh in the playoffs. And then by the time he came back in the finals, he just he's just not you know, physically ready. But if he can maybe shed a few pounds and get himself into really good shape, then then DeMarcus Cousins could be that, almost the signing of the summer in terms of sure. like, this guy was available, you got him on a one year and and, he, and he's a dominant player. But if he's not able to sort of Find that form that he had in Sacramento and New Orleans, then then he doesn't really add all that much to the Lakers. So, uh, but I, I think the Clippers as well. When you got those guys like Lou Williams, uh, Patrick Beverly, and Montrez Harrell, those guys are hungry. They're ready. They believe in themselves. And now they've got two great two-way players. Uh, they're going to be they're going to be tough to score against. I think the Clippers. And then offensively, they they they. I mean, they're a very very good no team doubt. on paper. But again. Got to all, it's got to all work and they've got to all sacrifice. And, uh, you know, the Raptors showed that it can work, but now that's on the
0: Clippers to do it. That's exactly right. A lot still to be decided. Things are changing every minute of the day and they'll change again come December 15th when all these guys are eligible to be traded. Maybe D'Angelo Russell being traded is the next factor that puts the Warriors up a little bit. But uh, I'm tired of talking to just you and JD. <laughs> I do like hearing from your sons. Uh, but we're going to get Skeets and Tass. On the phone here, interrupt their vacations and see what they're getting up to. Welcome back to The Free Agents. It's me, Trey, Lee, and JD here in the basement. But on The Free Agents, no vacations are safe. So joining us via the power of technology from St. Augustine, Florida, J.E.
3: Skeets. Skeets, what's up, man? What's up, guys? I'm living that beach life, staying in a weird resort. Where everything on the wall is either a seashell or a seagull. You gotta love it.
0: Seas up, baby, baby! Also up is Tass Mellis. He's up in the home of the NBA champion Toronto Raptors, Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. Tass, what's up, man?
2: Don't forget those G League 905 champions. I guess the Raptors are running back to back because then they win the G League championship (laughs) as well. These guys, it's a dynasty up here.
0: It's a province of champions. It looks uh, sounds like a shirt that J.E. Skeets would be wearing, guys. Uh, <laughs> Phil Skeets, uh, yeah, we're a little rusty. Phil Skeets, never heard of him. Um, I know you were packing last night when you heard the news of the Chris Paul-Russell Westbrook tr- trade. So, Tass, it's been a while since we've talked to you. Uh, what was your first impression when you heard everything was going down?
2: Now, Russell Westbrook is leaving the OKC Thunder. I, I just never thought that Russell Westbrook would do the same thing that everybody else was doing would be he that he would be okay with trying to make a super team somewhere besides OKC. I just thought he would zig when everybody else would zag. I thought he would basically say, F that I can do this by myself. Kevin Durant, you want to leave? I got this. Paul George, you want to leave? I got this. A- and maybe we're in a, into a new era of Russell Westbrook where he understands that I can't do this by myself. I mean, he, he was sort of humble uh, in his exit interview after the OKC Thunder lost in round one, and he kind of said, you know, I got to work on my shot. And uh, I, I don't, he was okay with Paul George leaving, getting on Instagram and saying, love you, Brody. I mean, that, it didn't feel like the old Russell Westbrook, me against the world type thing. So I think that maybe he's going to be fine with another guy, you know, being the, being the primary guy. Because I think this is different going from, yes, Paul George in OKC, Kevin Durant in OKC. It was quote unquote, you know 1A and 1B but going to Houston James Harden is obviously the guy and Russell Westbrook is going to be the number 2 who can take a huge load off his shoulders and uh it, it might be it might be crazy enough to work
0: I'm with you Tess I thought that Russ was a thunder lifer, but apparently that's just not a thing that's going to happen anymore. Uh, I, if Westbrook, after he stayed, when he had a chance to leave after Kevin Durant left, if he stayed and he's still being traded a couple of seasons later, uh, then maybe the the lifer is gone. But uh, Skeets, I'm curious to hear what you thought as well when you first heard the trade.
3: Yeah, I mean, it is crazy. Uh, it's wild to try and wrap your head around Russell Westbrook being in another jersey next season and, uh, and not repping uh, OKC. But here's what I think about this trade. I-, I am baffled. I'm a little shocked from the Rocket side of things. It makes sense. Look, it makes sense from the Thunder side of things. After Paul George comes and says, hey, trade me, I'd like to go play with Kawhi Leonard. And they're like, what? Oh, OK and then we'll get a bunch of picks, all right. Well, then it didn't look like you were just going to be rebuilding around Russell Westbrook, despite him at times looking like he was a lifer. I mean, it just made sense to move on from him as well, and he was fine with that, and they moved him. But from the rocket side of things, I mean, this was – all I keep thinking about is those rumors, those reports that James Harden and Chris Paul butted heads and didn't like each other, they must have been true. And I know Daryl Morey came out a month ago and said, nope. That's all fake news, not true, these guys are fine, nobody's asking for a trade. Well, I think he was lying to us, because this is obviously what happened. Yes, they get a younger guy in Westbrook, but a guy who has a ton of mileage on those knees, a ton of surgeries on those knees, and who looks, that could uh, age a lot worse than even a guy like Chris Paul. I understand Chris Paul misses games, but I still keep thinking Chris Paul is a better player, despite being a little older, a better player when he's paired with James Harden, then a guy like Russell Westbrook, who can't hit threes, is horrible even when he gets to the free throw line, doesn't play a lick of defense. I just think Chris Paul is a better fit now. And, and the weird part is, if the Rockets could have just stayed cool and got along, then it looked like that championship window was theirs for the it was theirs to walk through to step through that window out on the balcony like I am in St. Augustine here. Looking at the beautiful beach off in the distance and the palm trees and a car just pulled up. So don't mind that car. Hey, could you turn your car off, sir? I'm trying to talk here. But yeah, I, it's like the championship window might be it might be open a little bit longer, but I don't think it's any bigger with Westbrook from the Rockets' side of things. So look, I think it just came down to Harden and Chris Paul not getting along and, and Maury being sort of forced to throw those picks in and the pick swaps. To get out of the the Chris Paul, because I, I think we get way too caught up in this Chris Paul contract. I really do. Especially when we start comparing it to Russell Westbrook's contract, which is just as insanely big. So, yeah, I'm shocked. I am really, truly shocked that Maury went in this direction.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, Skeets. There must have been something going on behind the scenes. We know that James Harden blew up Chris Paul's kitchen, never admitted to it. We know that he brought Clutch the (laughs) Baron, let him shoot his uh, t-shirt cannon all over the place, didn't offer to pay for anything, destroyed his TV. And if that's just what we've seen, who knows what's going on behind the scenes. (laughs) But you guys, uh, you guys know it. Skeets, Test. you guys have been together for 13 years. It's hard to stay liking each other for such a long time. (laughs) Uh, But as we're seeing, things change all the time. And you guys, you guys nailed it. Everybody's concerned with the fit, and mostly uh, can Russell Westbrook change? Can he either be a more efficient on ball player, which allows James Harden to play off the ball, or is he gonna figure out a way to play off ball for the first time in his career? Skeets, I'll start with you since you're in a new role. You're usually the guy setting people up. Today, you're getting set up. So uh, show me show me how Russell Westbrook can change the way you are changing on this very podcast.
3: Well, yeah, look, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll be completely uh, honest with you. It's not easy, right? You, you you get into that role, you think you're solid at your role and, and you just embrace it and you run with it. And then maybe a little bit later, you're asked to do something else and it's and it's foreign to you. And some people are very good at changing and doing multiple things while others struggle with it. And I think Westbrook is a guy, history shows us that, you know, for the most part, He struggles with it. He needs the ball, especially when you are a point guard and you play professional basketball and you're a point guard that just dominates the ball like he has for his entire career, you know, pre-NBA, pre-college. I'm sure he's just always been the most athletic guy, so you give him the ball and you let him dictate what happens offensively. Yeah, I think he, you know, it it, it is interesting. What does D'Antoni do? Do you, and you set it up there perfectly, Trey, so you're doing a fine job, my man. Do you go... Do you go with Westbrook, hey, you're off the ball, or do you go, hey, Harden, maybe you're off the ball a little bit more because these guys have some of the crazy highest usage percentages we've seen in NBA history. If not, they have two of the highest we've ever seen. So I think I think if I'm D'Antoni, it makes more sense to me to try the Harden a little bit more off, off of the ball and let Westbrook still sort of dictate the offense because he did, and I, I will give him credit. He showed there for a couple months that he could be, he could take a step back, be a little bit more of a facilitator when Paul George, and he had another star player there. And he did it at times, of course, with Kevin Durant as well, though that was a little bit, you know, I'll go, you go, I'll go, you go type of vibe. You don't want that in an offense. So I think, I mean, look, if anybody can figure it out, you would you would hope it would be the offensive genius that is Mike D'Antoni. Daryl Morey's betting on that, obviously, right now. And, and here we go. But I think, I think it'll be Westbrook sort of still being Westbrook, so to speak, and Harden. Maybe for his own good, maybe for the team's better, um, that that he will sort of like be a little bit, you know, not asked to do so much offensively. Yeah,
1: hey, uh, bad news for you too, Skeetsy. Uh, Woj has just tweeted out that you've been traded for Nate Duncan, so uh,
3: Wow. Yeah,
1: sorry man, wow. we just decided oh, I, to oh, shake Oh, no, things I like up. that.
3: I, I love the promise <laughs> that Danny LaRue and I can
2: throw out there. <laughs> Skeets and LaRue, it sounds uh, sounds like a match made in heaven to me right
0: there. Uh, a couple look, of guys that just love look, charges. So look,
2: Trey, Trey, I'll say two things. I don't even need a setup. Just give me the ball. Uh, I'll, I'll say this about, this about Chris Paul. It wasn't working in Houston. He had all the opportunities. He was 33 years old this past year. Golden State was not 100%. Kevin Durant goes down, and they lost the series. Chris Paul had all the opportunities in the world to make it happen. It didn't. You can't bank on him in his mid-30s trying to make it happen now. It didn't work. Moving on to somebody younger is a good move. Whether they sacrifice a lot of the future, I mean, that's, that's a totally different argument. That's fair. But they had to do this to get better now, and we're really what it comes down to, we know Russell Westbrook can't carry a team to a championship. It comes down to James Harden. And I think the good thing about Russell Westbrook is that even if, you know, like like Skeet said, maybe the fit isn't as good with James Harden, but Russell can carry a team because he is that guy that you can't question his work ethic. You can't question how much he can do on a court, how much uh, he can carry a team with that usage rate. Chris Paul, you know, he can't. I mean, he can't do that anymore. So he might just keep James Harden fresher. And that's the question that we always ask in the postseason. Is James Harden fresh enough? And I think we might see, finally, James Harden take a little bit of step back in the regular season, a la Kawhi Leonard to some degree, so he's fresher for the postseason because Russ can do that. Chris Paul didn't. And that's what we're going to see in the postseason. It's not going to be a, a great regular season team. But I, th- I think the good thing in, in the Western Conference, a lot of these teams, uh, I think you look at the Clippers who are probably going to have Kawhi taken uh, a lot of load management Lakers you've got to manage LeBron's load I-, I think there's going to be a lot of guys a lot of teams that look at the playoffs um, like their end goal and maybe the Rockets won't fall too far down in the standings but I think that's a great thing for them is that Russell Westbrook can just be uh, uh, their motor during the regular season that Chris Paul couldn't and maybe James Harden can take over because that's the guy who's going to have to win them uh, in a playoff series.
3: Are they going to stop anyone though? Are these two guys going to be able to stop anyone? This is your starting back part. It's not solid. Not solid on that end at all. We're
0: already starting up the Clint Capella for Defensive Player of the Year bandwagon here. The guy's going to have to block every single shot. Uh, No doubt about it, but I already am loving this podcast. Tass, I explained to Lee how Paul George is the villain in this entire saga, how his choice, how his fickle demeanor is the reason why the Thunder had to blow things up for the first time. And now you're coming and telling me that Chris Paul had his chance, but the man is washed, so the Rockets had to move on. I am loving it. This is an all-Paul slander podcast. (laughs) But Tess, it does sound to me like you're a little bit more optimistic for Houston than Skeet says. Do you see the Rockets now as contenders in the Western Conference, as contenders for the championship? Are they in the mix? Are they one of the elite teams out there?
2: They are. They, they, they literally have a guy who's on the short list for MVP every single season and James Harden. So you, you definitely have a chance. And if he can stay fresh for the postseason, sure. Uh, yeah, they're 20... 24 and 2025 chances uh, got a heck of a lot worse by trading every single uh, draft pick that they have. Um, But I I think they're, uh, as Keith said, you know, their window may have not been thrust open that much more, but it's at least kept open. I I think they actually have a shot, um, you know, by by putting a younger player in Russell Westbrook, who, yeah, it's got some miles on there, but the guy's not done at 30 years of age. While Chris Paul. Uh, you know, I'm scared to call him Wash, but there's no way he can even be a number two. He had that ability, uh and he had that not, not the ability, he had the opportunity to do that just now and he couldn't do it. And, and so um I think Russ is probably realizing, okay, um, I can't do this on my own. And him him saying, uh, don't come join me in OKC, I'll join you in another situation, uh, makes it seem like he understands that um he'll do whatever it takes to win. And yeah, it's going to be weird seeing him off the ball a little bit more, but Chris Paul was a point guard who had the ball in his hands all the time. And Russell Westbrook definitely deferred to Paul George. He deferred to Kevin Durant at times. And he's with an old buddy an old chum, So they can make it work. I mean, it's the two of them and three guys standing around again. And, and when you've got an MVP, I think there's a shot.
0: Yeah. Friendship is rare. And I, I do think that the relationship between the two of them is going to be a factor in, Hopefully, both of them taking a little bit of a step back and figuring out how to play together. Uh, Skeets, though, I know you're concerned with the fit. You probably you probably have the Rockets behind the Clippers and the Lakers, I'm guessing.
3: Oh, 100%. I absolutely do. I just don't still get why the Rockets... And I look, I, I really truly think it's just that Harden and Chris Paul didn't like each other. I think that's all this came down to. Because it was there. It was there you know it was up for grabs let's put it that way if you know you you have that the 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 same team coming back if everybody's on the same page look we don't know some of these new super squads it's all well we always think they're going to be dominant teams but actually history tells us it takes a year or two to sort of find your footing and to get some other role players with those superstars to really be those title contenders and the rockets like we're making it sound like the rockets were a bad team yeah they started last season poorly But for a couple months, they were the best team in the league. And the year before that, you know, Chris Paul maybe doesn't get injured. They're probably winning the title. Like, this was already one of the greatest teams in the league currently constructed, especially with the way they played through Harden. Everything through Harden, but Chris Paul, still a fine, fine complimentary player and actually with great numbers when Harden was off the floor. So I think at times still showing he can carry sort of a second unit when the other star player was out. It's just sort of like, I get it. I mean, it's classic Maury in a weird way. Hey, a superstar is available. Hey, I'll take a chance on him. Let's go get him. It might cost the future. I don't really care. I probably won't be here anyway. This, this feels like sort of his like little last ditch effort at again sort of just keeping the little championship window open. But uh, I don't think it maybe it, it made it any like like truly longer or better at that. So um, you know just sacrificing your future for for the roll of a dice with a with a player in Westbrook that you're praying is going to like either change his game or suddenly not throw up six twenty four clunkers in the playoffs. Ah, that's a hell of a bet but you know Mori uh, Mori would be fun to play uh you know sit down at the table in Vegas with I guess seems seems like wild card <laughs>
0: yeah we thought they were all in with the Chris Paul trade but they are even more so all in now that's why you're seeing them <laughs> picking up Tyson Chandler they're being linked to Andre Iguodala all those guys who are going to want to try and get that late career ring The Rockets are now a place that they're going to be looking at, and I don't necessarily think that was the case before the Russell Westbrook trade. So you guys are split on whether or not the Rockets are going to be any better this year. Do you like them more? Is this a more likable, fun team to watch now that you got two of... uh two quite opposite personalities in Harden and Westbrook together. I think Westbrook is even more extreme than Chris Paul is. I think the, the match of those two guys alongside PJ Tucker walking into the hallways uh, of the games is going to be perhaps the best content we see from the NBA arrival scene. Uh, Skeets, do you like this team more now with Westbrook than Chris Paul?
3: Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, I like any sort of change like this. I think we all do. Like, it, it, This feels at times like this sort of trade First off, the two players involved, like the main sort of like borderline, you know, all-star because Chris Paul's a little older, I get that, but all NBA-type talent at the point guard position, it's like, these guys are the most polarizing guys in the league, both Westbrook and Chris Paul because, you know, Westbrook, people either love them or they hate them. It's one or the other. There's no in between. And then Chris Paul, and like Tass and I are sort of debating here, and I think a lot of people have been, it's this idea of like, is he truly washed? Like, is it over? Is he done? Is he not the, the nine-time all-star Chris Paul that we've seen before? Some disagree, like myself. I don't think we seen you know i don't think it's over i don't think he's done i get it if you want to make that argument especially with what he'll be being paid and when he's 37 years old so that's a one part of it and it's like it also feels like the type of trade of like that like one of those weird trades you used to do when you played fantasy basketball just because you were sort of bored and you were like i don't know i'll trade you a loy vaught for vin baker and you're like Okay, I mean, I don't know what's going to change, but sure, let's just do it for the sake of doing it. That's what this sort of feels like, oddly, to me. And it's like, yeah, why not? Let's just see what happens. I, uh, you know, So I, I love it. I'm 100% on board because I love the, the NBA chaos. I Sign me up for it.
0: How about you, Tass? Uh, is this a Lloyd Vaught for Vin Baker, or is this actually <laughs> going to be a fun team to watch now? Because people, people did not like watching the Rockets the past
2: five seasons. If we throw in Lamont Murray, I'm down for this trade. Uh, I, I think we're ready for a Russell Westbrook renaissance. Uh, you know, he's, he has been extremely polarizing for the first, uh, you know, 11 years of his career here. But I think the fact that he's saying um, I, I got to go somewhere else to make things work, I, I think, will lend himself some, uh, some likes from people. Uh, you know, he, he's proven to be one of us. He used to be a robot. He used to be a machine. I can do everything by myself. Um, but, but I think now he, he becomes a little bit more likable and, uh, there's, um, yeah, I understand the, the Rockets weren't the most uh, exciting team to watch. Um, but you know, there's that rekindled friendship. I, I like you said, Trey, I think that's uh, a, it's a nice little storyline. These dudes, uh, obviously like each other. Uh, you know, I think, I think Russell Westbrook showed that even with that Kevin Durant split, you know, they went into the all-star games. They threw the alley-oop to each other, they pat each other on the butt. Uh, they wanted to be friends again, and uh, I think this is sort of uh, an extension of that. He's just trying to, uh, you know, maybe he's he's trying to make up that, make up for that split with Kevin Durant by making it up with James Harden. I think he's just trying to reconcile the uh, his old mistakes, and um, yeah, it, it's it's great for the NBA, whether whether or not um, it works. But uh, you know, I, I will say because the West is so wide open, and, and Skeets is mentioning. You know, maybe they could have walked through that open door even if they had Chris Paul there. That's fairly true. But maybe this team capitalizes on that with Russell Westbrook in there You know, because they don't have that kryptonite in the Golden State Warriors anymore, the team that's brought them down three of the last four seasons. I think they feel like they can walk into any barn in, in the Western Conference playoffs like they did against Golden State and beat anybody. And so I think there's a, there's a legit shot that hardens fresher in the postseason and uh they do it and yeah these next couple of years is their window for sure and um if it doesn't work out then poof, that thing explodes I mean that that thing is done in a couple of years if if they don't go to an NBA finals or or something like that because uh it's it's just it just feels like it's a a ticking time bomb there in Houston but I, I think um Daryl Morey gave it you know another 10 10 seconds on the uh before it implodes there so why not let's let's see this happen this is uh this is an exciting duo argument we're gonna have a lot of debates about the best duo in the western conference next year
3: yeah and then the best part is also chris paul he's not gonna play for the oklahoma city thunder i don't think he is i don't think anybody does he's gonna get moved and who does he pair with and can we talk ourselves into that being a second tier like sort of duo or is he suddenly a part of a trio like it just gets better and better like it's incredible
2: so, would you rather bet on Chris Paul and, and James Harden, I'm sorry, Jimmy James Harden, Jimmy James Butler, or <laughs> James Harden, James Harden, and Jimmy Jimmy James Harden and Russell Westbrook? Uh,
3: that was very confusing, but uh, <laughs> I, think, I, I think what I'm getting at is I still think Chris Paul with James Harden and the other talent around them in that type of system still makes more sense to me than putting Westbrook there with James Harden in that system, I think, I think is what is my problem with it. Especially when you then do have to consider you've, you've really sort of mortgaged your future uh, with the picks and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's, that's my opinion on it.
0: Well, it could definitely get ugly fast for Houston. It got ugly fast for Oklahoma City. But as far as I'm concerned, the greatest duo in the NBA right now, it's always going to be Skeets and Tass. Guys, thank you so much for joining us, for interrupting your vacations. Uh, Skeets, I guess go do some sea balls in the beach and <laughs> Tass, go do some sea balls in a lake or something.
2: <laughs> will do sounds great guys thanks for the call thank you so much I really enjoyed this
0: <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed talking to you guys and talking to Lee seeing his face for the first time in a month JD I saw you last week but you still look great now. <laughs> thanks most importantly though thank you to everybody who's listening to the free agents please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast we're available everywhere I've even heard Spotify and Stitcher I don't know exactly how those work but we're there mm. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, thefreeagents19. Email us, thefreeagents2019 at gmail.com. We'll be sending updates through our various social media platforms. Uh, we're still not sure what's going on, but we're working on it. We will have updates and probably emergency podcasts, if we're being honest. There's still a lot to happen. we still got a lot of summer ahead of us. Talk to you next time.
2: You could stay-